You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. Consider the author of Proverbs, Solomon, starts off Proverbs 3 and 1 by saying, my son, my son. His writing was primarily for the children of Israel. But taking it further for the children of God. Because when you, in fact, are in truth understand who Israel is, it's hard to disassociate them from God. Because God is, in fact, the one that calls Israel not only to come into being, but he formed covenant with them. And for a long period of time, his covenant was exclusively to the nation of the Hebrews. And of course, as time went on, the Gentiles were included. And so we look at ourselves, especially those of us that are saints are in the church, as spiritual Israel. So Proverbs 3 and 1, when you consider all that I've said, is a passage that concerns natural and spiritual Israel. He uses the word son not to refer to those who are masculine, but it's a reference to those that are legitimate. It's important to understand that if you're not a son, according to King James Version, you're a bastard. You're illegitimate. God will not deal with you in the manner that he deals with his sons. There are certain benefits God will not release into your life because you don't have covenant with him. You don't have a solid, you don't have a serious, you don't have a bona fide relationship with him. And therefore, there are just certain things he will not send your way. You can ask, but it's just not going to happen because God has certain things. Can I get personal? That are just for a walk. God has certain things that are just for the saints of God. That's the reason we are glad we'll say. That's the reason we don't agree when folks get to talking about what they can and can't have and, and, and because we don't work here we can't have that and because we don't go there we can't we, we don't agree with stuff like that 
We live by different rules. We are under a different testament. We are under a different covenant. We believe because we are legitimate that our God will do for us what eyes have not seen. Woo! What ears have not heard. Neither has entered into the heart of of man. If you don't recognize by now that as a child of God, you're special. I came to tell you tonight, you are somebody. You're not in the same class with the person you work with. You're not in the same class with the person you live beside. Say to somebody, I'm a child of God. That means I'm privileged. That means things happen for me that don't happen for everybody. That means, in reference to my job, if the paycheck does get cut off, I have a God that will supply all of my needs of court. Say to your neighbor, it's nice to be legitimate. Nice to be a child of God. It's nice to be blood washed. It's nice to be Holy Ghost filled. It's nice to be in a real church. It's nice to be under a real shepherd. It's nice to receive an anointed word of God week in and week out. Just pat yourself and say, I'm legitimate. And I'm upon a legitimate word. And you have to know that. Remember when, when, when a whole lot of folk left Jesus in John the 6th chapter. And Jesus looked at the 12 and said, y'all going to? And Peter said, what are we going to go? Jesus could have either said, look at that. There are synagogues all over this city. But Peter said, it ain't nowhere to go. (laughs) You have the word of eternal life. And, and, And Peter was actually relaying to the church the significance of being connected to your pastor. Jesus had been feeding him to the point to where Peter knew, I can't lose this connection. How many from Newton, you know God unconnected you with Pastor Cochran? Say to your name, I can't lose this connection. God unput me to this man. I can't just lose this. Could go if you want to go, but I can't lose this connection. You, you got some folks that they'll go from church to church to church to church. Take your name, but they ain't legitimate. Because when you've been hooked up with a real, a bona fide, a legitimate man of God, you're to the point to where you can't let go. And some may say, oh, that was Jesus and Peter. But what about Elijah and Elisha? Elijah said, you, you just stay right here and I got to go home to, to this city. Elisha looked at him and said, as the Lord liveth, and as my soul liveth, I ain't staying here wherever you go. You got to know where your rhema rests. You got to know where your rhema comes from. It's all right to hear somebody else preach every now and then. But you have to know from whence 
comes your rhema word. You have to know your shepherd and you have to be so connected to your shepherd that you do not allow anything nor anybody to to sever that relationship. And when you consider even the text, it's a pastoral relationship. My son. You're legitimate. You're my son. I need you to recognize my commands. I need you to adhere to my commands. And he goes on to tell him, in verse 5 of Proverbs 3 that it is essential for him to trust in the Lord with all of his heart it's essential for him to trust That was one of his commands. Trust in the Lord. How? With all your heart. Now stay with me. Contextually, trust, first of all, means from a primitive standpoint to hide or to hurry for refuge. Listen to me. To high, H-I-E, or to hurry for refuge. Don't delay in doing what thus saith God. When you hear what thus saith God, don't say I'm going to pray about it a week. No. If you trust you're going to put it into action right away. No time for research. No time to contact your buddies and hear what they have to say. About time you hear what thus saith God. Trust. Trust. Time you hear what thus saith God. Put it into action. If I trust God, I'm going to be swift about doing what he tells me to do. Whether he tells me directly or indirectly. And the majority of the time, God is going to tell you indirectly. That's just the way he has it set up in, in our day and time. I'll give you pastors according to my heart that will feed you with knowledge and understanding. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to give you some knowledge. But it's going to be through my servants. To hide for refuge. The second contextual definition of trust. To have faith. Or to believe strongly. In something. Or somebody. To have faith or to believe strongly in something or somebody. Strong belief says that that you are unmovable. You're fixed. You done heard the word and so you're fixed on what does saith God. You're not going to move. You're, you're not going to change your mind. You said God said it and you and that just settles it. You're not going to go anywhere. You're going to adhere to 1 Corinthians 15 and 58, I believe it is. You're going to be steadfast, immovable, always abounding. You're not going anywhere. That says that you have legitimate trust. Are you with me so far? The final definition, contextually, is to be bold, tenacious, dogged, 
are determined in doing what thus saith God. See, some things God going to tell you to do that's going to require you to come out of your comfort zone. That's going to require you to quit talking to certain folks. Going to require you to quit going to certain places. Going to require you to sacrifice. Going to require you to do this, that, or the other. But if you trust God, you'll sever the relationships. If you trust God, you'll stop going to those places. Don't tell me you trust God and you ain't tithing. Don't tell me you trust God and you are not obeying your shepherd. Don't tell me you trust God and you keeping up a whole lot of foolishness. Walker, you trust me? Yeah, I trust you, Lord. Give me all the money you got in the bank. I better pray and make sure this, Lord. No. You ain't got to pray, Walker. My sheep know my voice. Don't act like I'm no stranger. You know I'm talking to you. God will require you to do something tenacious. Something that you're not used to doing. Cause you to sever certain relationships. And not just relationships, you don't have no problem severing. No, I'm talking about relationships where you done got close to somebody. But for some reason or another, the person that you've gotten close to is hindering you from moving. forward is hindering you from doing what you need to do. And so he says, trust in the Lord again with all of your your heart. Trust him completely, entirely, wholly. Get this, with your with your mind, your speech, and your actions. That's basically what the heart represents. Your mind, your speech, and your actions. Don't you think unless it's according to God's word. And when something tries to get you all focus, rebuke it and get back to thinking according to his will. Don't talk unless you're talking. God talk. And if you find yourself saying something that's not of God, repent and get back to conversing or saying what does saith God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And say to your neighbor, that's big. That's big. Would have been different if he said part time. A part of it. Walk, I want you to just trust me part time. Three hours a day. Or just on Sunday. But, but, but understand something. When he says trust with all of your heart, he's saying that it needs to be indefinite or for life. Your mind needs to be godly for life. Your tongue needs to be godly for life. Your actions need to be godly for life. Can I break it down? Your mind needs to be godly in trouble. Your tongue needs to be godly in trials. And your actions need to be 
godly when everything that can go wrong is going wrong. You should never change for the worst mentally. Are you with me? Physically, nor verbally. You should never change for the worst. I'm not saying to you that you're going to be flawless because that's impossible. But your lifestyle should be such to where you're striving to think right all the time. To talk right all the time. And to do the right thing all the time. That's what you call holiness. That's what you call living according to the will of God. And see, trusting right requires a person to have his or her act together mentally, physically, and verbally. You can't trust if you ain't talking right. You can't, you can't trust the way God wants you to trust if you ain't talking right. Why should we trust God with all of our heart? I know you, you can tell me a number of things. But I want to take you to two passages. Let's go to the book of Psalm. I want to take you to two passages. Let's go to Psalm 17 first. Y'all okay? God all right, ain't he? First reason. We should trust him with all of our heart. It's found in Psalm 17 and 7. Psalmist said, Show your marvelous loving kindness by your right hand. God's right hand represents his omnipotence. Right? Then he says, Oh, you who help me, save who? From who? Y'all scared to read. Y'all are y'all just like let's try it one more time. Ready? Show your marvelous loving kindness by your right hand. Help me. Oh you who say to your neighbor, if you are a child of God, you're gonna have some enemies. I got some I got some sad news in the church. And outside the church. When I first started pastor, I thought everybody in the church loved me. Everybody was behind me until I had several rude awakenings. Don't think everybody in your family loves you. Don't think all of your co-workers love you. Don't think everybody who smiles in your face loves you. And there are some enemies you can't deal with on your own. There are some enemies you can't handle on your own. But if you trust God, God will make your enemies your foots too. If you trust God, God will bring you through your trouble. God will bring you through your battles. God will bring you through every opposition that you face. Look at the, look at the verse again, Psalm 17 and 7. God is deemed the one that saves those who trust him. And God will save you from your enemies. Save you from the haters. Is that good talk? Let's go to Psalm 31. Psalm 31. Y'all all right? Now I'm going to ask you that. Look at verse 19. Psalm 31 and 19. Oh, how great is your goodness, 
which you have laid up for those who fear you, which you have prepared for those who trust in you in the presence of the sons of men. Say to your neighbor, God has prepared goodness for those who trust him. Can I break that down? God has prepared some good things for those who trust him. He's not just talking about in heaven when we go on to live eternally with him. He's talking right here on earth. Say to your neighbor, there are some things God has prepared just for you. But you have to trust him with all your heart. There are some things that your eyes have not seen that God is got on reserve just for you. But your trust level has to go to another realm. You have to rely or depend on him more so than what you're doing before he releases those things. Look at this verse again. Look at it. This is your verse. How can you say it's mine? Because God told me to read it here tonight. Or to release it here tonight. Psalm 31 and 19. Oh, how great is your... Which you have laid up for those who... Which you have prepared for those who trust what? In the presence of the sons of who? He done prepared some stuff. And I'm going to tell you firsthand, he's going to release it. That was some things that God blessed me with. And when I start receiving these things, he said, walk, I had this prepared for you years ago. I was just waiting for you to get in the place so I could release it into your life. And that's what he's saying tonight. There are some things that God has with your name on it. And as soon as you tighten up, get in the place that you need to get in, God is going to release these things unto you. I found three folks and say, I got to get myself together. Because God unprepared some stuff for me. Oh, he done prepared some stuff for me that my eyes have not seen. He done prepared some stuff for me that my ears have not. You ain't going to have to do no layaway plan. You ain't going to have to set before no loan officer. When God releases it, it's going to be yours. All right, sit down. Listen, listen to this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Say to your name, I, I can't support my understanding. I cannot support information I have accumulated over the years. I cannot rely on the research. Nothing wrong with researching, but there are some things that you ain't going to be able to find on Google. Bing. Say to your neighbor, you can't lean to human understanding. You can't support it. 
human insight is tainted. Human insight is tainted. Human information is subject to change. The greatest professional in a certain field has been known to lie. Whether a doctor, lawyer, psychiatrist, professor, that person has been known to lie. And certain human information Sadly, we allow to get so embedded in us that it becomes our own. We start believing exactly what we have heard from somebody else who was tainted. Well, so-and-so, he's a professional in his field, but is he tainted? Do you know whether he has ever lied? If he has ever lied, we can't rely on him. But he is, but he has did research for 25 years. On this. But is he omniscient? Though he has researched for years, is he omniscient? Because if he's not omniscient, he missed something. Say to your neighbor, you can't trust tainted. Folk, nor tainted information, and your understanding, like it or not, is tainted from a human standpoint. But, but why does he have to tell a son, a legitimate heir? Of God, lean not to your own understanding. Because certain predicaments cause us to rely on the flesh. Even after we receive the Holy Spirit. That's the reason in the book of Romans as well as in the book of Galatians, Paul talked about the war that goes on between the flesh and the spirit. He talks about how they are contrary to one another. How so that even the child of God cannot do what needs to be done because of the battle that's going on. That's the reason Paul himself said he had to put the flesh under subjection before he became a castaway or before he started doing the opposite of what he had been preaching or proclamating and in our day and time that's what we have we'll have preachers that are saying but they won't live it but thanks be to God for an anointed man a woman of God that not only preaches what does says God but they live it say to your neighbor you can't lean to your own understanding And when you have a preacher that understands that you're blessed. Lord, I can't get up there and preach until you give me something. Lord, I can't say it the way it needs to be said until you give me what to say from start to finish. Why, if I lean to my own understanding, the message that I give the people of God is going to be tainted. And say to your neighbor, we don't need a tainted word in the house of God. (laughs) 
Listen to this. When a child of God, whether preacher or otherwise, leans to his or her own understanding, the primary problem is this. It's unjust. It's unjust. The understanding represents the senses, the sight, perception of a person. Second Corinthians 5 and 7 tells us that the just are to live by faith, not sight, senses, a human understanding. Say to your neighbor, every time you start leaning to your own understanding, you're unjust. I can't lean, I can't support my own understanding because Romans 1 and 17 says to me that as a child of God, I have to live by faith. I got to live by faith. Now, whatever is not of faith is sin. I may need to show you that. Let's go to the book of Romans. Chapter 14. The book of Romans, chapter 14. Verse 23, the last verse of Romans 14. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats because he does not eat from what? For whatever is not from faith is what? When I lean on my own understanding, that ain't no faith. What is it? Sin. The wages of sin is death. He can't give me life if I'm in death. The wages of sin is say to your neighbor when I'm leaning to my own understanding I'm unjust I'm not living by faith I'm living by sin because whatever is not of is and the wages of sin is and you can be in the church And death all on you. Deacon says, prove God tonight with an offering. Pocket full of money. You do your regular. You all in sin. The wages of sin is death. I stop my prosperity. I stop my seed from growing. I stop my increase from coming forth. I stop Luke 6 and 38 from manifesting. I can't get good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over if I'm in death. Because I have Cause my prosperity to cease. Lean not until your own understanding. I got to just trust him. And then he goes on in my clothes to say in verse 6, in all your ways. Acknowledge him. 
in all your your ways. And see, this this is a thing because ways represents habit, traditions of what you're used to doing. In all your habits, acknowledge him. Know whether he agrees with your habit or not. The root meaning of acknowledge is to know. To know means to be certain about. Know for sure whether or not the habit that you have is pleasing to God. Know for sure if the tradition that you're caught up in is pleasing to God. Know for sure that what you're giving is pleasing to God. Know for sure that whatever aspect of your life is questionable that you're in line with the will of God. Lord, am I talking the way I need to talk? Because you're talking him to your blessing. Lord, am I acting the way I need to act? Because your acting can hinder your blessing. And look at somebody real quick and tell them, I don't want anything to hinder me. I want everything God has for me. He, when he says acknowledge him and all, he's talking about a person that's trusted. He's not talking about when you go no prayer. He's talking about you need to start checking yourself. Know for sure that everything you do, God is okay with it. Are you okay with this, Lord? And don't try to get no false witness to agree that, yeah, that's what God said. Now, the devil is a liar. The one person you should ask if it's God or not, if you really want to know, is your shepherd. Oh, Lord. Or someone that has your shepherd's spirit. But why is it that folks will go outside of where they say God placed them to find out? It's easy to get a confirmation from folks that don't really know you. But the folks that know you know you are those scripturally that labor with you. That you're connected to. Listen to this. Acknowledge him. Well, in all your ways, acknowledge God. In how many ways? And just breaking it down, it just means when it comes to your thinking. You're talking. And you're doing. Acknowledge him. See whether or not you have a good habit. Or does God want it to change? Now look at the promise. He shall direct your path. Contextually direct has two meanings. Number one, To make right a guide. When it comes to your path or your ways, the Lord is going to make your path right or he's going to give you guidance. Direct also means to prosper. See, if God puts you on a path... You're going to prosper. You are going to prosper. Why is that? Because, because everything God touches is a blessing. And if it's a blessing according to Proverbs 22 and 10, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich. Or is it 10 and 22? Did I say it right? It's 10 and 22? 
Some of y'all don't know either. All right, I said it right. Okay, all right. But but understand, the blessing of the Lord makes one what? And as no. So if he directs your path, he's going to make right a guide you and he's going to prosper you. Now closing with this. If God directs your path, there are two ways. I want, I want you to have an understanding of how God is going to direct your path. And I'm going to be done. Number one, the Holy Spirit. Consider John 16 and 13. Jesus said, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. Say to your neighbor, the Holy Spirit Spirit has come. come. He's here. He's here. here. Now, Now, this is the thing. The Holy Spirit, when Jesus said that, was already present. I said the Holy Spirit was already present when Jesus said it. How can you say that, Pastor Walker? Because the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit was already present when Jesus said it. It was present even before Jesus the human was born. It was present in the beginning. But when he talked about the Holy Spirit coming, he was talking about the Holy Spirit coming to be the guide in the church. Through the ecclesia of the people of God. That's the reason when the, when the Spirit of God came on the day of Pentecost, it came to the church. It was released to the church. Because before that time, the Holy Spirit was, was given to just certain individuals. But when he said it was going to be a guide, he was going to make sure it would be set in the church of God. And so the Holy Spirit's primary function is within the church, the ecclesia. And if it's within the church, it's going to operate properly. Because in God's church, things are done decently and in order. When the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, the church understood government. That's the first thing they understood, government. When they received the Holy Spirit, they immediately recognized that that Peter, Peter was pastor had an apostolic calling but they reckon he pastor they want to know what's going on Peter get up and speak you pastor but what did he speak under he spoke under the guidance of the Holy Spirit And then from that time forward, the church began to follow Peter until the church growed. And then the apostles started going in different directions. But the Holy Spirit continued to guide them. But the Holy Spirit was guiding them through a person. Because God will, is an unchanging God and he will not change his order. His order is to use a man's servant to guide his church, to guide his people. Let me give you some scripture. Amos 3 and 7 in the Old Testament. Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he reveal his secret unto his servants the prophet. 1 Corinthians 11 and 1 in the New Testament. Paul said, imitate me as I I imitate Christ. What are you, Paul? I'm your guide. But it's the Holy Spirit in me that's guiding you as I follow Christ. 
But, but see, the reason I'm stressing that is because you have, you have saints of God that feel that they get the Miriam spirit. Can I talk a little bit? I'm almost done. They get the Miriam spirit. And they feel like that God will speak to them just as well as he does to the pastor. Miriam was so strong about it, she went to the chief preacher, her brother, Aaron. And they conspired against Moses. And God had to step in and straighten it. Letting them know, yeah, I, I talk to you, Aaron. Yeah, Miriam, I talk to you. But don't you ever think it's the same way that I talk with my servant Moses. How many understand that? Is God unchanging? Yeah, according to Malachi 3 and 6 and according to Hebrews 13 and 8. But this is the thing. He guides. The Holy Spirit guides. But the Holy Spirit guides through God's shepherd. Yes. Prophetically, Jeremiah said, Jeremiah 3 and 15. The Lord will give you shepherds according to his heart. Why shepherds? Why did, why he, could, he could have called the leader anything else. But why shepherds? Because the primary thing a shepherd does is guide. That's the primary thing. Primary thing a shepherd does is guide. He could have got a stable boy to feed the sheep. Like shepherds do. Shepherds will have somebody to go feed the sheep. But that primary thing is guiding. They got the sheep. And see, that's how God, God directs our paths. He don't want us to lean to our own understanding. So he, he gives us a shepherd that will feed us with understanding. Not your understanding. I'm going to give you a shepherd that's going to feed you with understanding. And when he gives you that understanding, it's going to be in the form of guidance. And so you follow that shepherd. You follow that shepherd. Because when you follow that shepherd, you're not leaning to your own understanding. You're on the path that I need you to be on. I mean, understand. I know I done said a lot of stuff, but do you really understand? Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.